If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Food used to come after the achievement, right? I do the thing, then I eat. I eat to celebrate or I eat to commiserate. Now, food fuels the progress. Food fuels the achievement. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. I don't know why I'm nervous about recording this, but I am. And you would think 600 episodes in that one would not get nervous, but this is more of a personal episode. And there's a huge part of me that is like, Jenna, stick to the marketing talk, stay in your lane. But in reality, the more that I reflect on this specific journey, the more that I realize it has impacted my work on a deep deep level, probably on the deepest level than any of the strategies and systems that I've utilized in the recent years. And it's interesting because I have been getting a ton of messages and DMs about this thing. What am I talking about? Talking about my health journey. Like no matter how long I've done this, you know, been in the public, recorded this podcast, whatever, I'm always just so shocked and surprised at how curious people are about like, what is going on behind the scenes, like the stuff behind the stuff. And I'm a pretty open book. I've talked about my health journey on this show. But today is this attempt to dive deeper on what I've been doing, how I've been feeling, and even more importantly, how it's impacted my work, and why I think things finally stuck this time. And this last part is really important because If you're listening to this show, I feel like you are a very driven person, meaning you want something more for your life. And I know I'm not unique in this human experience of wanting to change something in my life, whether it's my circumstance, my career, relationships, whatever that is, and not being confident enough to follow through or not getting the results that I wanted and just giving up. And I think what's super interesting about this topic, especially when it comes to my health journey, is that I'm not one month in or 60 days or 90 days. I've been really focused on this for the entire year. And this is the first time that I've actually stuck to something. And so today, we're diving into the deep end. If you've read my book, you know, I don't love the small talk. I like to go down deep. So are you ready to go down deep with me? Let's do it. 
Do I have a new podcast recommendation for you? If you like the Gold Digger podcast, you'll love tuning into Content is Profit, hosted by Luis and Fonzie Camejo, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Discover the secrets and strategies on how your business can achieve the frictionless sale. Luis and Fonzie dig into frameworks, strategies, tactics, and feature special guests to bring you all the information you need in order to turn your content into profit. They tackle topics like five things that you should do to grow your podcast and how to leverage trends to generate attention and answer questions like, what does it mean to stand out in the marketplace? How can you rise above the noise and help others with your offers? If you need a new show to add to your lineup, listen to Content is Profit wherever you get your podcasts. Real quick before I dive in, I just want to give a trigger warning for anyone who has struggled with disordered eating, body dysmorphia, or anyone triggered when it comes to talking about things like health or weight loss or diets. Please feel free to hit pause on this episode and head over to any other episode of the show that is waiting for you. I really personally just want to recognize how complex our own health journeys are and how I also understand that this can be a really delicate topic for those who may currently be struggling or have struggled in the past. And that being said, I would never create content with the intent to trigger anyone on their own journey. But I just wanted to preface this episode and remind you that with all things, including this show, take what serves you and leave the rest behind unapologetically. Okay. So before I dive into exactly what I've been doing and why it's stuck this time, I just want to provide you a little bit of context into my own personal journey when it comes to my body, self-love, health, all the things. So I was an athlete my entire life. I started gymnastics at the age of three, which is crazy because Coco is almost four. And so to think of how little I was, I became a super competitive gymnast. I was working out four plus hours a day. In the summer, we worked out seven hours a day. It was really intense and I loved it. It was my passion. I didn't get my period or have boobs until I was like 16 years old. And so I think my body's development was stunted just because I was such an intense athlete. And then once I gained weight, I always carried this narrative. And it's so fascinating to me. I always believed that like I was the quote, big friend. And I don't know if anyone understands that narrative where like you look at your circle of friends and you just ostracize yourself based off of anything, whether it's your race, your sexuality, your size, whatever that is. And it's really interesting now as an adult looking back at photos, because I was literally the same size as everyone else. But in my head, I was always the big friend. And it's really interesting because when I look at my own body's development, it was very stunted because of my gymnastics career. And then as soon as like puberty hit, it just like came with a vengeance. Like all of a sudden, my body just grew and developed super quickly. And it happened because I actually broke my foot and I was out of gymnastics for the first time in decades. And it was like my body was like, oh my gosh, I can catch my breath again. And here's this extra weight and here's your menstrual cycle. And I was also a cheerleader, which is something I don't really share about often, but I was really strong. I had a lot of strength. And so I think I adopted this narrative of like being the bigger friend because I was always the base. I was the back in cheerleading. And so my tiny little friends would be flying up in the air. And I was so strong that I could like literally just pick these girls up and help throw them into the air. I wore Lycra and spandex my entire childhood. And that followed me all the way through college. I was a collegiate diver, a springboard diver. And so I basically spent my entire life in leotards or swimsuits. And what's really interesting is, is that once puberty hit, and I didn't recognize that like, I couldn't eat the same way that I had been eating my entire life when I was working out four hours a day that the ramen noodles and the big bowls of ice cream like didn't really nourish me and weren't really doing anything for me. I started to become conscious of what dieting was what it looked like. I tried many different diets over the years. I did Weight Watchers to prepare for my wedding. I was a vegetarian for a year. I did the Whole30. I tried Noom. And they all had different things that worked for me. 
but in the long term, they never stuck. Like they would work. And then I would get obsessive and have this deep desire to do everything perfectly. And as soon as I would mess up, I'd give up. Has that ever happened to you? Like I am an extremist. And I think too, my perfectionism has reared its head in this area of my life. And so I would do these more extreme things. And then the minute that I wasn't perfect, I would just stop. And it wasn't healthy. And when I look back to, there's a lot of things where like, I would have to measure my food perfectly so that I could track it perfectly. And there was a lot of this perfectionism seeping its way into it. And I think that that was a huge reason why these things didn't stick and they weren't actual lifestyle changes. You know, it's really interesting because when I look at my own health journey, I think the biggest shift for me that started the journey that I am on today was actually during our struggle to grow our family. It took us three years to have our daughter Coco and I had two pregnancy losses in between. And so it was this three year time span where I feel like my body was going through so much. It would be these hormone surges and then I would lose the pregnancy. And, you know, it was just this really big roller coaster, not just emotionally, but also physically. And I think it started my health journey in ways that actually stuck for me for the first time as an adult, because the goal of having a family wasn't just about me. And it was so much bigger than the way I looked. And it was so clear. And it was this deep, deep, deep God-given desire on my heart. And so that was the first big shift for me. And that happened about three years ago after my second loss, where I had this like moment of realization of like, wait, maybe something is wrong. Like maybe we do need answers. Maybe this isn't just a terrible statistic. Maybe there is something to this. And in that time, when I started kind of opening up this journey of discovery, I learned a lot about things like hormone health and the products that we use and how that affects our hormones. And I learned about cortisol and adrenal fatigue. I also learned that the mac and cheese loving girl was gluten intolerant. And there was a lot that I did to try to optimize my health before we attempted to try for another pregnancy. And if you've ever experienced pregnancy loss, it's really scary to like throw yourself back in the ring again, because unlike people who have had successful pregnancies, you know, the other side of the coin. And so I remember after my second loss, just telling myself that I want to go into this, just knowing that I did everything I possibly could to have this work this time and that I can't blame myself again if it doesn't. And so I made some really big lifestyle changes before I got pregnant with Coco. And that included a lot of lifestyle changes to help balance my cortisol. I eliminated gluten cold turkey the day I found out that my body was not doing well with it. I changed up all of my products. Like there's a lot of different things that was happening in that time. So fast forward to January of this year. I had the second really significant health shift for me. And this is the one that I want to talk about today. I was two months postpartum with Quinn and I was actually on maternity leave. And I just started feeling this really deep desire to have energy again. I think I was a little caught off guard at how exhausting it was not just to keep a newborn alive, but also to chase a toddler at the same time. And if I'm being really transparent, I think I was a little worried about like, how am I going to add work back to my plate? Like, what is that going to look like? How is this even possible? And I did this thing called Levels, which is a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor. And I did that in January. And I did it for a couple different reasons, but mostly because I had done it one year before in January when we were thinking about trying to conceive again. And so I wanted to see, you know, postpartum, when my hormones are still surging, when I'm breastfeeding, I wanted to see if there's any big changes or differences. And I kind of wanted to use it as this like annual starting point for my body and my health journey. What was interesting, though, is this time I hired a nutritionist to help me with my data and to dig even deeper. Now, if you are a faithful listener to the show, thank you. And 
if you listened to an episode, episode number 589, you met my nutritionist. Her name is Bridget. She was on the podcast. It was a very popular episode. We'll link to it in the show notes, or you can just scroll back to episode 589. And I hired her to help me review my levels data. And it honestly was really critical that I hired her without knowing because my levels findings made it look like I had insanely good metabolic health. I remember getting on the phone with her and just being like, I'm so frustrated because I don't have like the energy that I want. And I don't really feel that great. But like my metabolic health looks amazing. I could eat ice cream or I could eat a bowl of cauliflower and my body would have this similar insulin response. And as someone not in the medical field, I did not realize that this could be a sign of insulin resistance. And I really quickly want to preface this episode and say, I am not a doctor. I have a lot of people in my family who are in the medical field. That is not me. But I also want to let you know, I sent over my notes and my outline too Bridget before recording this because I want to give you the best information that I can as a vessel. But I also just want to preface this in saying I'm not giving medical advice. I am not an expert here. I am just an expert in my own experience. And so I just wanted to put that on the table right now. So I didn't realize that as my levels data was showing my insulin response, I was actually insulin resistant. And so in January, I got on the phone about once a week with Bridget and we talked about what I was eating. And what was really helpful is that she was giving different suggestions on things to try or swap. It was stuff like very simple shifts for me that felt really manageable in that season. And so it was things like, you know, trying to eat dinner earlier because what we were doing is we would get the girls to bed. It would usually be like 8, 8.30. Then we would eat dinner. And we were focused on like shifting my window of eating so that I was front loading my calories more, like eating larger amounts earlier in the day so that I would have at least two to three hours before bed that I haven't eaten. And this also helps improve sleep, which if you are a mom to a baby or a toddler, you know how important sleep was. Another thing we were trying to do is like, I have such a sweet tooth where like, I just need some sort of sweet after my dinner meal. And so it was just like looking at like, what kind of sweets were we having and what was the effect on it? And so we were doing just these small tweaks like this that felt really manageable. And then what we also ended up doing is I also did blood work. And this was really helpful for me. It's something that I've gotten in the practice of after our journey with loss is just understanding my body. I've shared this before, but when it comes to health stuff, I could read an entire like medical textbook on health. But until I personally know how what I do impacts my personal body, I have a really hard time following through. Like, I know a lot about health. My husband is super into health. My family is really into health. Like, I know a lot about it. However, I see that I take action in way bigger ways when I know how something affects me personally. So for example, when I found out that I personally was gluten intolerant, that day I quit cold turkey on something that I loved, right? Because I knew my personal body cannot process it. So things like blood work for me have been so helpful because I feel like it helps me to know my body better and to understand like, what does my physical body need? So we did blood work. We looked at things like different levels, my insulin response, vitamin deficiencies. And this brings up two points. There are a million metrics outside of calories and the number on the scale for how you are doing with your food and lifestyle choices and whether they are serving your needs. And number two, personalized nutrition is the future because every person's biochemistry is so unique. Like if generalized plans have failed you in the past, it is often because you weren't doing what is right for your physical body. And these two points alone have been so crazy helpful for me having a history with kind of obsessive perfectionistic diets and also knowing myself enough to know that I will take better action when I personally understand my own body. So doing this blood work was so helpful. And I want to add a tiny caveat here to recognize that some of the things that I'm recommending, I recognize that they cost money 
and that they are a privilege. And I wish so deeply that our healthcare system was so much more focused on preventative and not reactive medicine. And so I just want to like acknowledge that some of these things that I'm mentioning, they absolutely cost money. And I recognize that I'm in a place in my life where I am able to invest and not everyone listening can. And I wish and am trying to work with people who want to shift the medical system as a whole. So caveat there. So another thing that Bridget talked about was retraining my taste buds. I actually was just having a conversation about this with a family member. And we were just talking about how when you eat processed foods, it's like, that's what you crave. And I remember Bridget telling me like, trust me, like the more things you introduce and the more like whole foods you get, the more you're going to crave those. And I was like, yeah, right. Like nothing is going to top my boxed foods or like that kind of stuff. And it's true. And we'll get to that. And then the last thing that was really important, and I want you to hear me loud and cleared here, is making sure I was eating enough food because I was also breastfeeding full-time. In fact, as I record this episode, I am still exclusively breastfeeding. A lot of women under-consume calories post-pregnancy, which can be dangerous because breastfeeding increases caloric needs. And on a separate note, a lot of women who are obsessively trying to lose weight they are often under eating calories, which slows down your metabolism. So this is not what you want, especially when breastfeeding, because your body needs to be in a state of abundance in order to fuel metabolism, not just related to losing weight, but literally your energy, your metabolic health and feeding your baby. And so this was also really helpful for me is when I was talking to Bridget, it was not really a place of I need you to cut back. It was like, I think you need more fuel. And I think you need specific fuel that is going to give you the needs of your body, but also the needs of Quinn. And I remember I would do my phone calls with her on a walk with Quinn in the stroller. And I remember Bridget talking about like how what I eat impacts Quinn's palate. Because as she gets my breast milk, and as it's kind of different flavors based on what I'm eating. And I just thought that was so cool how like we as mothers have this opportunity to kind of give our children a different palate. And if you're anything like me, I feel like sometimes when I'm pregnant or in that postpartum season, I eat like a toddler. So I was like, all right, kimchi, here we go. (laughs) The next thing I want to talk about is biohacking. And I think we need to do an entire episode on this topic. It is something that I am fascinated by and something that has absolutely transformed my look at health and my own health journey. Basically, biohacking means changing your chemistry and your physiology through science and self-experimentation to increase energy and vitality. And this is a broad definition. It is always evolving in this world. It's um, honestly like a subculture in and of itself. But biohacking for me has been like this gateway of fascination that has opened my eyes to look at health in a different way and to really focus on how I can optimize my body. It's something that honestly has gotten me so excited about health. I had this realization the other day, we were in the car driving to the lake house and Coco was watching a movie. And a lot of times Drew and I will use that time to listen to audiobooks or podcasts. And like, I had this realization of like, when I have free time, and I'm not working or trying to be productive, I love learning about biohacking. And it's just something that I'm fascinated by, I'm inspired by, and it's really transformed my life. And so when I started on this health journey, I started creating these different habits and routines that I now do every single day. We have a thing called a PEMF mat, it's pulsed electromagnetic frequencies, I have red light for red light therapy. I have a red light mask. I meditate. There are all of these different things that I do. And for me, the tools help for me to follow through. If you want me to do a full episode on biohacking, please drop into my DMs and let me know. I could go really deep on this topic about what we're doing and why we're doing it. But then this episode would become like three hours long and I don't want to do that to you. And so just let me know. It's something that I didn't know a lot about. And the more that I know, the more that I am inspired and the more that it has become just these parts of my day that I love. And it's wild too, because I look at my past health journey and I would always say like, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. And what's fascinating is that I have made time for these things that I can tell make a difference in my energy levels and my vibrancy and my life. 
It's October. And you know what that means? It means sweaters and pumpkin spice lattes. And it also probably means that you're in the final stretch of your fiscal year. And in this interesting economic climate, you're also probably thinking about how to best optimize things like budgets, strategies, and operations in 2023. But let's be honest, no one wants the best probable solution to deal with whatever comes next. You want the best solution, period. Whatever stage your business is in, HubSpot CRM platform is ready to scale with you at the flip of a metaphorical switch. With totally customizable hubs, HubSpot has thousands of apps that you can easily integrate, use, or get rid of whenever you need them or don't. Plus, transparent costs and an intuitive interface means there are no fancy frills to hide behind. That's because HubSpot isn't here to probably grow your business. It's here to help you grow your business, period. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so let's talk about my desired results on this journey. So first things first, when I started this whole health journey in January, when I started working with Bridget, I kept just talking about how I wanted to feel. I never once referenced what I wanted to look like. Never. Truly. I I was not consumed with certain things like fitting into pre-pregnancy jeans or losing a specific amount of weight. I wanted to feel something. And what I wanted to feel was energized and vibrant. Those were the two words that I kept coming back to. I remember, I literally can close my eyes and remember exactly where I was on this walking trail, talking to Bridget about like, I just want to like feel good. I want to wake up and not be exhausted. Like I want to have the energy to do it all. And I want to define what it all is. And I want to feel vibrant. Like I want for you to look at me and just say, there's something different about her. She is glowing. And that was how we started off this whole journey. I have been reflecting on this a lot lately, mostly because of the response that I'm getting to the way that I look. It's really interesting right now when I post different photos or in different outfits, like people comment on my body. And and it is like, really, really kind and sincere comments about how I look. But I want to make a statement right now. And this feels slightly bold. I want you to know this. In the last four years, I have never been miserable in my body. Like ever since I started to understand my body more and heal after my losses, I have learned to truly love my body. Like when I look at those like before and after photos and I see those before photos and people look absolutely miserable, like I cannot relate. Like the work that I have done to truly love myself at all stages in all sizes means that while some might consider where I'm currently at as progress, I just look at it as a different focus. Like I am health focused right now and that is a priority for me right now. And I definitely feel different. And I'll talk about that in just a moment. But I wanted to note that simply judging my feeling based on my looks is not at all my thing. 
And it's so interesting to see how people respond to you at different sizes and in different stages of your life in your body. And when I see past photos and videos of myself, like I actually smile because I remember in those moments, I felt beautiful. And that is like an embodiment. And I think it's so important to note that like, I don't think that where I am today is better because I'm thinner. I actually don't think that at all. I think I embody that same beauty. I just show up at a different frequency. I don't know. Okay, so Let's talk about the biggest shifts and then I will dive into the outcomes, the thing that you are probably the most curious about. Okay, so here are the biggest shifts for me. Now, listen to this. And if you are able to write this down, and I want for you to apply this in any area of your life, because this changed my life, this changed my health. I had to adopt this mindset. Now, I was listening to a podcast episode and for the life of me, I cannot remember what I was listening to. But I heard someone talking about all of those old like celebrity weight loss shows and all those things and how most of those people would end up gaining the weight back. And they said it was because they held on to the identity of the past version of themselves, whether it was heavy or overweight. And they said that the biggest change and the biggest way to make sure you stick with a change is through the identity in which you clothe yourself with. And so I had to understand and embody that I am not an unhealthy person who used to be healthy, but I am a healthy person who had let their health slide. Meaning I am embodying the identity of a healthy person again. And what was so helpful for me in this is because when you think about how I talk about when I was growing up, like I always just believed like I was the big friend, then I would make choices based on that identity, right? And so in this recent journey, I've been asking myself, what would the healthiest version of myself choose? For example, when I used to fly, I don't know what it is. I don't drink soda anywhere else. I would always get Diet Coke on a plane. And when I asked myself, what would the healthiest version of myself choose? It would be water. And so when I find myself in these situations that maybe trigger me or they bring up these different experiences that I often rely on because it feels comfortable, when I ask myself, what would the healthiest version of myself choose? It allows me to make different choices. Another thing that I've really been reflecting on, and if you can't tell, This whole journey is not even about what's going into my mouth or what that looks like. I've had to do a lot of like soul searching on this topic, but I want for you to listen to this because this might be you. And when I had this revelation the other day, I was like, holy cow. I used to look at food as a reward. Now I look at it as fuel. Now that statement alone is not mind blowing, but think about this. Food used to come after the achievement, right? I do the thing, then I eat. I eat to celebrate or I eat to commiserate. Now, food fuels the progress. Food fuels the achievement. The food is the actual fuel that gets me closer to my goals. When I had this realization that like food was always the after and what I would eat was dependent on my mood, my achievements, my progress, how I was feeling about myself that day. And when I flipped it and said, What do I need to put in my body to do the things that I'm called to do today? It changed everything. Truly, it changed everything. Another thing is changing my priorities. Like I said, I used to say, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. And I still don't have as much time as I would like for certain things. But I changed my priorities. So now when Drew does drop off, I used to just crack open my computer the minute they left the house. Now that is my time to pour into myself. I have this morning routine. I sit in front of my red light. I meditate. I lay on the PMF mat. Like I get ready for my day. I drink lemon water with chia seeds. Like I do all of these different things as a part of my morning routine. And this routine has helped me to create new habits. I have a habit tracker in our pantry where I check off if I am doing all these things that I know help me to feel optimal like taking my vitamins and organizing my supplements. I started using an ice cube tray and I broke up my vitamins for the entire week. So I would just do it one time a week and then it was all ready to go. No excuse. 
I really had to look at like, what is my priorities? And if I'm saying my health is a priority, how is my life reflecting that? The other thing that goes along with that in terms of timing is anticipating my schedule. So when I look at book launch, book launch was a huge pivotal piece in this because I knew that if I was going to exclusively nurse my daughter, chase around my toddler and launch a book in a way that I was proud of, I had to have the energy. And so I would anticipate my schedule. Again, food would not be the afterthought or the reward. Food would be the fuel. So when I anticipate my schedule... I would think ahead, what do I need to fuel me throughout the long days? I would show up to the office and I would have bone broth and a can of tuna and I'd have water and I'd have a protein bar and I'd have all of these different things so that I had no excuses and that I was properly fueled throughout the day. I used to stink at that. I would wait until I was utterly starving and then I would grab whatever was fast and what was fast was likely processed. So just anticipating my schedule more. And this is still something that we're very much developing. Like I would love to live in a world where we food prep every week, where we have our menu planned for the week things like that. Because I recognize that when I don't have an answer as to what I'm going to eat, I usually grab for what's easy. And what's easy usually isn't optimal, if that makes sense. The biggest shift, and I was telling one of my friends about this, is that I now prioritize protein. So if you've been waiting this whole episode for me to tell you what I eat, I want for me to tell you this. Hear me out. I am not on a strict diet. In fact, I follow some influencers right now who are on these diets. And to me, it just sounds miserable. Like I'm like, where do you live in this? Like, what does that look like? I'm not on a strict diet. In fact, I am just focused on eating more optimal foods. I remember when I was talking to Bridget, she was like, we need to stop like labeling foods in terms of like good foods and bad foods and cheap meals and all this. Like, let's just look at like what is optimal fuel and what is less optimal And when you look at it that way, it's okay when you have something less optimal, then you want to choose something optimal the next time. I honestly do not feel restricted at all. And I think that is why I've been able to stick to this. I actually eat pretty similarly to how I ate before. However, the biggest shift in how I look at food is making sure I'm eating protein with each meal. Protein is the most satiating macronutrient, and it is critical for improving insulin sensitivity. And so for me, like in the morning the other day, I had like three eggs and like I would never have eaten three eggs in one sitting before. But now I'm like, okay, how am I getting protein? And what does this look like? Because I know my body needs protein. Or if I have a meal that isn't super protein rich, how can I add some protein into it? And so that has been really huge. And I don't know if it's just me or if it's, you know, most of us, but like, When we look at our diets, a lot of times we have a lot of carbs and sugar and we don't have a lot of proteins and fats. And so that has been something that has really shifted for me and has really helped for me to make sure I'm eating things that actually fill me up because there's nothing worse than eating something and then being hungry like 20 minutes later. And then I'm laughing because right next to me is my Stanley Cup. I swear, I know it's like one of those fad products but it's sitting right next to me. I swear it is with me all the time. This morning, Coco like tried to grab it off of the island to hand it to me like, here, mom, here's a cup. And it's like bigger than her head. But drinking a ton of water has been huge. And then this last one has also been really huge. Trying to give my body what it needs through food. Now, I take a lot of supplements. I take a lot of supplements based off of my body's current needs. And like I said, I do blood work. So I know where I'm at and what I need. But I've also had this epiphany, which to a lot of you is going to probably sound like so duh, but I've just been thinking about how food itself has the nutrients and the micronutrients that my body needs. I mean, what a concept, right? Jenna Kutcher. I do things like eat two Brazil nuts a day or aim to get more broccoli to help balance my hormones. Like I am looking at food and eating it, knowing here's what it is doing for my body and here's why my body needs this. And there are these little things that I just do now to help optimize my body's energy source. Again, and I want for you to hear this loud and clear. Food is so much more than calories. Like I didn't realize this before, but every single cell in our body functions better or worse based on our comprehensive food choices. So if I want to have healthy cells and a functional brain and insane energy and balanced hormones, then I need to choose optimal sources of information for my cells. 
And so I've been able to look at food and maybe options that I might not have chosen first in the past, but because I have the knowledge of what my body needs and what this food can do for it, I find myself choosing better things because of that knowledge and how it shapes my decisions. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay. So let's do a little recap before we wind down. Here are the biggest outcomes thus far. I wasn't going to share this, but I'm feeling bold and I'm very proud of myself as well. So I am about 20 to 25 pounds lighter than before I got pregnant with Quinn. So my pre-pregnancy weight was very similar. I was around the same weight. If you're very curious, I was around 200 pounds before I had Coco and before I had Quinn. And I felt very healthy in that season of life. I did a lot of work to prep my body for pregnancy. And at that time, I felt like that was just like what my weight was. And what's really interesting is right now I'm about 20 to 25 pounds lighter, depending on where I'm at in my cycle. But what I want for you to note here is the weight loss happened as a side effect of focusing on my health. This creates a very different experience and mindset and level of consistency for people. Again, I have not been fixated on my weight. In fact, my weight fluctuates a lot on a day-to-day basis because we are women. We hold water differently. And so that's really interesting. Another thing that has been really interesting for me is that my menstrual cycle is really consistent now. It is almost like clockwork. And it used to be fairly consistent, but I feel like now I almost feel the different stages and the different phases of my cycle. And I almost celebrate when my body gets a period because it just feels like this is confirmation that your body is getting what it needs to do what it's meant to do. And so my menstrual cycle has been consistent and it hasn't been terrible by any means. Another one is, is my clothes fit better. I am sitting here recording this in jeans and these jeans used to not fit. And if I would wear them, I was so uncomfortable. And I feel like I have a brand new closet because I've had so much fun shopping my own closet and grabbing things that I've held on to, but haven't fit me for years, which by the way, why do we do that to ourselves? Like, I mean, I'm kind of glad I held on to certain things because now I'm like, oh my gosh, this jumpsuit, I never was able to wear it. And now it fits so good. But I feel like I have a whole new wardrobe and I feel like I'm choosing things that fit me in a way that like flatters my body. I don't know. I just feel like I dress differently right now. And it's so funny too. 
pro tip to all of you listening, people keep asking me like, where do you get your jeans from? They are the same jeans that I had two years ago. However, they fit me better now because they're a little bit bigger. So next time you order jeans, just order a size up. Your comfort will thank you. I promise. Another interesting thing is I am a very confident person. Like in general, I'm just very confident. I've always been confident, but feel like I embody confidence with this new energy. Like I show up differently. I am excited to be around people. I feel like I just embody what I wanted to, which was that vibrance. And I wanted to just be energized. And I feel like both of those things impact how I show up both online and offline. And I love that. And I also think I'm just a better mom. I love that my girls are seeing my choices and seeing health as a priority in my life. And even in a season where I'm literally awake, last night I was awake three different times throughout the night, nursing Quinn, who's teething, up with Coco, rubbing her back to help her fall back asleep. I have energy to make it through the day without a nap, which is so wild because I was literally a kid who used to nap in my teacher's office during the lunch hour because I was so tired, which is a whole nother thing in and of itself when I look back. So I feel like I'm a better mom. I'm more energized. I am able to chase my kids around, do dance parties, give piggyback rides, walk with Quinn in the Ergo, like all these different things. I just feel like because I have this energy, I show up differently for them. And then finally, I just want to tie in this line from my book, because when I think about the massive mindset shifts that happen on this journey, there's this line in my book says, you aren't the risk, you are the investment. And I feel like optimal health is really the foundation of a good life and investing in you and your health daily really changes how you look at yourself. I joked the other night, Drew was trying to cuddle me. And if anyone has ever nursed a baby, you just know you're kind of like touched out at the end of the night. And he was trying to snuggle me and I was like, my cup runneth empty. But I realized that the more that I invest in myself and like put these priorities and habits first in my life and make sure that I have what I need to feel energized and vibrant, I feel like that emits throughout all aspects of my life. And it's just this reminder of like, I matter in this season too. I know I'm taking care of a lot of different things and a lot of different people. But when I see myself as the investment and not the risk, I think that that totally changes everything. So... Where do we go from here? I am really excited to just stay on this course. I feel this feeling and I don't know if you've ever felt it before. But when you finally feel good, you don't realize how bad you were feeling before. And when you finally have this feeling, you don't want to lose it. You do not want to do anything that will put this feeling at risk. And I think that that has been really huge for me in recognizing like, whoa, like, I wonder what I could have done in my career. or I wonder what I could have done in my relationships or whatever that looks like. If I would have had this energy back then, like, what would that have looked like? And I don't have regrets. I think everything unfolds in its own timing and that this timing was the right timing for me. However, now that I know what it is like to feel this good, I do not want to jeopardize that. I have made some big lifestyle shifts in giving up alcohol. I am over two months into not having a single alcoholic beverage. And it's just a personal choice. But it's one that has felt right. And I'm not, you know, banning alcohol from my life forever. But in this season, I have absolutely zero desire to drink. And my next goal and objective is actually to move my body more. I think that that is kind of the final piece of the puzzle for me. And I've just been moving slow and giving myself a lot of grace in this because I feel like I've made so many changes, but literally all of these results that I just listed are all based on food and nutrition. And I, in this season of life, do not work out as much as I would like to. And I don't necessarily feel enough energy to get in a hard workout or things like that. I think that as a nursing mom and a working mom and all the other things that I do right now, where my focus is, is food and nutrition. But the next stage of this for me is incorporating weightlifting and getting back on my Peloton and going on walks and just incorporating that. And I cannot wait to watch my body respond and transform 
when I get ready to enter that phase of the game. But again, I am giving myself so much grace and time and just doing my best to move my body, whether that is chasing my girls or going on a walk or whatever that looks like. But that is the next stage. I hope that this look into what is behind the scenes, the stuff behind the stuff was helpful. I hope that maybe you walk away with one nugget of information that can inspire your own health journey. And I would just love to hear from you. I think what has been so awesome is recognizing that people see that I'm different and I feel different. And so seeing that connection be made and hopefully inspiring others to look at their own journey and to maybe make some of those changes that deep down they've been wanting to make is the best part. So thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for letting me share this. And thank you for being a part of my life and my health journey. I hope that this episode inspired you. And of course, until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top notch. Article's online only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.